Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. On this episode of Big Boys Don't Cry, we discuss the film A Christmas Prince. You don't have to have seen the film to enjoy the podcast, but it might help if you have, as there are some plot spoilers. Enjoy. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones we used to know Where we watch lots of shit films and maybe some good ones If we're lucky, there won't be any shit ones at all Except we've kind of do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> probably already blown that one, haven't we? We have, yes. Spoiler alert. Although I, I resent that accusation. <laughs> How do you? Just as it was my choice, I feel like I have to defend it. You, you have to defend this film. Hello, how are you? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm all right, thank you very much. Yeah, sorry that I um I cancelled on the last one. Obviously, it's my my fault. It feels like I haven't spoken to you in ages now. It, it does. It feels like it's been many a year. Too long. I've, I've, my 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 life has been deteriorating. Everything feels a little bit grayer without our conversations about movies. Like it's just fading. If we leave it, it is, too long, yeah. everything will just fade into black and white. Um, it's like um, Back to the Future, basically, where without this podcast, I'm just fading into non-existence. What we're gonna go gonna go back in time and invent podcasting. <laughs> go back to my Uh, high school what was the first ever podcast let's find out that's a yes i'm sure that i've asked someone that question before and it's something quite none interesting i also noticed that on the i now my voice sounds a little bit echoey because i've cleared some of the stuff out of this room and there's more walls than I remember there being, you know, when you clear loads of stuff and it's like, hey, this room is actually like a decent size when it's not full of nonsense. <laughs> well, you, you you could have kept up the facade, Paddy, and just told our listeners that you are now recording in a big church. <laughs> I thought you were going to say a big bin. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your first episode of Bincast. Yeah, <laughs> bin boys don't cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually... Yeah, going- it's quite impressive how um, how much mileage we've managed to get out of the name Big Boys Don't Cry and making puns or jokes around it. I think it proves how it, how excellent we are as artists, how integral we are to the zeitgeist. How we're creative genii. Is that the plural of genius? Geniuses? Genii? Geniepods. Geniepod. Geniepod, yeah. So go on then. What was the first ever podcast? Let's have a little, I'm just having a little, uh, history of podcasting is a whole Wikipedia thing. Cool. Hmm. So apparently it's all tied to RSS feeds. Ah, okay. So it would be, what was the first ever thing that was audio going out through an RSS feed? I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. So I guess really we want the, the concept of 
podcast or who coined the term podcast because that would even be a, so, a good one but... so uh journalist ben hammersley for the guardian suggested the term podcasting back in 2004 yeah it was a brit Seven months later, Danny Gregoire used the term podcasting to describe the automatic download of synchron- uh, synchronization of audio content. He also registered several podcast-related domains, e.g. podcast.net. Hmm. I think we can safely say, therefore, that a Brit invented podcasting and we finally have something to be proud of in a year where we have nothing to be proud of at all. That's true. But but I mean I think we should we should go back in time and invent the podcast. You can just imagine us doing going back to a to going back to our what uh secondary school uh ball at the end. And uh <laughs> and doing a big boys don't cry session and then someone in the audience turning around and say you better get those McElroy brothers on the phone and give them a listen to this. <laughs> yeah. If you get that guy, what's that that guy, that serial guy? Oh no, who's that woman? Sarah Koenig. <laughs> get her, <laughs> get Sarah Koenig on the phone. <laughs> get Sarah Koenig on the phone now. She's got to hear this. I was thinking of the S Town guy, Brian Reed. Get Brian oh, Reed yes. on, on the blower. Yeah, S Town's good. It was good, better than serial, in my humble opinion. I I'd agree, actually. Yeah, I think we've talked about this already, haven't we? We have, yeah. I think uh, I'm not sure if we've talked about it on on air over big boys, but we've definitely talked about it yeah. together in person. Yeah, I I very much enjoyed it, and it it had a really amazing pace to it, and it, it was real. Yeah, it had real depth. It was the, it showcased the depth of human intrigue in a way that very few podcasts have done. My um my favorite sort of family of podcasts are the um pacific northwest podcasts oh yeah um which uh i don't know if you if you've heard any of them before but they basically take the kind of structure of serial um but sort of use it to create these kind of horror and sci-fi uh shows um so there's a really so the the first one that I heard was called the Black Tapes, and it's all about this this journalist who joins up with this person who's a paranormal debunker, and and goes through what they what he calls the Black Tapes, which are the ones that he hasn't been able to definitely show that they are um, uh, that, that they're fake basically, and then there was a spin-off called Tannis, which is kind of like a sort of conspiracy podcast i think is the best way to describe it um very sort of like twisty and turny almost reminiscent of um of house of leaves at times and stuff like that and they do these really interesting things but within that very standardized within that very standardized podcast format and using a lot of those podcast tropes they tell these excellent science fiction and horror stories effectively Cool. really really interesting so highly recommended no i'd not i've not heard of those man. at all i they're really good fantastic. i was talking to someone about this the other day actually i i find it very difficult to engage with podcasts that aren't non-fiction or just kind of straight up chatting and i don't really know why i feel like it's like it's like a, you know i consume fiction in all other other media but in in podcasts i haven't found any that have really grabbed me so i'll um I'll definitely give those a go. Well, when you said Pacific Northwest, I thought you meant just a group of people who were based in the Pacific Northwest, like it was a scene. 
<laughs> well, well, they are based in the Pacific Northwest as well, right. which I'm sure you'll get a kick out of. Um, and, and one more local to home that I, I very much enjoy is uh, the Magnus Archives, which is a wonderful horror mm. podcast as well. You've mentioned that's that before, really, and I still haven't heard yes, it. Yes, that, that's a great, a great show. Totally awesome. Um, so uh, to to begin our Christmas week, I'll just move my camera down so you can see. Oh, I nice. Got out the Christmas jumper is out. I'm wearing my Fallout-themed Christmas jumper. Nice. Um, today. Um, because it is it is the beginning of our Christmas movie season. Christmas time, Christmas time, Christmas all the way. That's the, that's the official <laughs> jingle. That's the tune of I like it. Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Laid an Egg, as we all know, is the official um, way that the lyrics of that song go. So I, I do agree that that is the, the optimum lyrical composition of that song. However, my local area was Jingle Bells, Jingle Bells, Robin ran, uh, Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Ran Away, <laughs> which I think is the worst of the options. He didn't even fly. He didn't fly away. He just ran away. And then the, the Batmobile lost its wheel. The Joker got away. Hey. Kind of. Yeah, it kind of doesn't work. And also you're rhyming away with away. Yeah. At least when you've got egg in there, it kind of, there's not that repetition. Yeah. Although rhyming the same word with the same word worked for Ozzy Osbourne in War Pigs. So if you're ever, you know, coming up with some <laughs> some lyrics or some, some poetry and you're scared, you're just thinking, oh, I can't rhyme that. I can't just repeat the same word. You totally can. General that is true. And gathered I... in their masses. do do just like witches at black masses. You forgot the... <laughs> I, I, I absolutely love War Pigs. Oh, such um, a great I think, song. I think Paranoid is one of the best rock albums ever made. It's an absolutely fantastic album. Mm. I've been listening to Sabbath a lot um, the last couple of weeks. I don't know why I've been on a bit of sab- a bit of a Sabbath trip, and it's amazing how much influence they had, or when you, how much you can hear the kind of riff style in the rock and metal that followed, because nobody was doing that before them, just nobody. That's true. They 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 created something totally unique out of nowhere, um, and and they're still hugely influential today. Um, the whole sort of like doom metal scene, the softer side of it, not the extremely low grumpy side. <laughs> Um, really, really is influenced by Sabbath, um, and like, and they're one of those bands where obviously Ozzy wasn't with them forever, but they kind of continued being incredibly good after his departure as well. Did they get a different singer? Did they have a non-Ozzy period? Yeah, wasn't it um, Tommy Iommi? No, he's the guitarist. Oh, okay. Who took over on vocals then? Yeah, find out because. Obviously, Ozzy's solo stuff is is awesome as well. I love um, all the stuff we had with Randy Rhodes, who obviously then died. It was really sad and formed in 1969. These are the best bits of the podcast when we're just looking stuff up. I think that's what people tune in for. Yes, yeah, when we're just when we're silently looking at things on the internet. <laughs> that's what we should we should change our name to: silently looking at things on the on the internet. Oh no, they got Dio, Ronnie James Dio, of course. Dio, that's it. My man yeah. Dio, whose solo stuff is also wicked. Yeah, Dio was amazing. Holy Diver, 
Also, the, the Kill Switch Engage cover of that song is amazing, and it's on my running playlist, and it always seems to come on, like, just as I hit, like, a couple of miles in. Oh, yeah. So yeah I hit shuffle, but a... whatever I do, Holy Diver comes on at two miles, and More Than a Feeling by Boston comes on just as I'm getting around the corner to home. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, the, the song that constantly comes up when I'm working out is Milk Lizard by Dillinger Escape Plan, which adds a a very intense moment uh, just to, when you get this random bit of math core in the middle of your workout session. That's cool. Um, yeah. It's also one of the best uh, song titles, I think, ever. Milk Lizard. Yeah. Is, Along it, with, uh, is it a David Icke nod, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe it is um along with i punched a lion in the throat uh by yep. pulled apart by horses which is one of my favorite song titles that's good also a good a good band name as well yes pulled apart by horses is a great uh a, a great band yeah name. cool but this this week it's um it's a week for royalty so we bow down to the king ozzy osbourne but we also have to talk about actual royalty we do yes and we're recording this interestingly enough on the day that prince harry has announced his engagement to ms meghan markle yes um which which makes me very excited because it means that we're inevitably going to get a follow-up to wills and kate the movie yes exactly harry and meghan the movie yeah it's going to be great but because Megan's an actual actress, maybe she could play herself and then we could just yes. get someone else. You get Rupert Grint to play Harry. <laughs> yes, that would be amazing. I actually think Rupert Grint would smash that. Yeah, he might he might do a good job actually. Yeah. I'm not too sure on any of the Harry Potter children now that well I mean they're no longer children. But uh I'm I'm a little bit skeptical about all of them, but I think Rupert Grint is the one that has the the best take on actual acting yeah out of the out of the lot of them they're the same age um, as us aren't they that lot. are they yeah i think so wow you old harry potter yeah yeah you you old man <laughs> <laughs> he is actually he's only he is 24 days younger than i am rupert Grint. what man that's uh that's interesting yeah He's in this in this show called Sick Note, isn't he? Oh, yeah. I keep seeing posters for it which have, like, Jack Whitehall's face really, really disconcertingly large on them. <laughs> There's one just by the station that I walked past and, walked past and the other day and it really freaked me out and I was like, I'm never going to watch that show. <laughs> I've heard it's all right from people that have seen it. Yeah. Is it sick? It's, it's well sick, bruv. Um, it's got old uh, Nick Frost in it, doesn't it? Oh, okay. He's yeah. a, he's always a pleasant surprise, isn't he? He's always charming. Yes, love a bit of Nick Frost. He and I have the same tattoo or a similar tattoo. Mm, interesting. Um, yes, uh, which I, I, if I meet him, I'll be the creepy guy who's like, "Hey, we've got the same tattoo. Let's share tattoos." Is it a tattoo of Nick Frost's face on your <laughs> on your chest? He's he's got. I've got a tattoo of his face on my chest, and he's got a tattoo of my face on his left bum cheek. <laughs> the buttock tap the buttock tap yeah uh, it's a it's a it's an it's a permanent soul link between people yeah it's the it's the bum tattoo 
Is it like, you know how Harry Potter can touch his scar and he knows what Voldemort's up to? Is it like you can put a hand on your bum and you know what Nick Frost's doing? Yeah, it's exactly that. So if yeah. I ever see you sitting on your hands, I'm like, oh, hey, what's what's Nick up to? <laughs> what's Nick up to today? Not much, you know, yeah. just, just getting a pizza. He's just touching his tattoo of my face. Yeah. No, but you can't both do it at the same time. No, no, that, that causes some terrible terrible ramifications because it's where the a tear in the space-time continuum that's where the upside down came from oh shit yeah sorry finn wolfhard and your friends yeah it's all your fault it's your it's, fault it's that my... sean asked instead spoiler alert <laughs> that that's not true we need to make up another lie about yeah like we did last Fake time news. we did a spoiler um sean Astin's uh, not even in it it was the other hobbit no <laughs> it was Pippin. Yeah, oh, no, not not even Elijah Wood. They couldn't get Elijah Wood. Do you reckon they should just get one of the Hobbits in for each of the consecutive seasons now? Because there's three That'd seasons cool. left, apparently. They said they were going to make it a five-season show. Oh, really? Um, so there is, you know, three seasons left, three more Hobbits to go. I've got you three could, more Hobbits could... to go. I've got three more Hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's a song by So Stranger Crew. <laughs> yeah uh, right <laughs> anyway um we are here today um on the day that everyone's favorite man who dressed up as a nazi announced his <laughs> engagement to um, someone else who has never dressed up as a nazi or maybe never, she well, has maybe she has you never know because to be honest um, I'm getting... i had never heard of her until she started dating prince harry um, and I've still not seen her any of her work, so I don't feel like I can judge her as an actress. Have you? Um, I'm just going to have a look. I don't think I'd heard of her, but I don't know if I'd seen anything with her in. Um, She's in Suits, which I have not seen. Have I seen Suits? I might have seen Suits. I hear that it's okay. Oh, wait. She's in, she's in Horrible Bosses, which I've definitely seen. Uh, so, not- yes, I have seen her in stuff. That's a funny movie. I've not seen that. It's got a good cast of people that I mostly like. Yes. Um, it's a it's a very funny film. In fact, isn't Charlie Day in that? Yes. I love yeah. Charlie. He's a good one. He's a good one in it as well. Um, so it's one of those things that's like... Um, it's... It's, it's great to see the royal family not marrying another lizard person i think <laughs> i think that's really nice to se- nice to see and it's really nice to see so many furious royalists foaming at the mouth over this as well which has been my favorite thing today because yeah. a it's great to see two people that are in love announcing their engagement that's always really lovely to see i'm happy for them as human, be- it, human it, it's really it's really great and and on the bonus side of it daily mail commenters are absolutely livid about it um, yeah. So much so that if I was Harry, I'd turn around and temporarily cancel this engagement, and then announce a gay marriage engagement, <laughs> just to see how angry you could make the Daily Mail commenters. That would be amazing. Like all of the the kind of upper echelons of you know the elite society in which they in which they operate. I I've no idea how they'd react to a gay marriage. Honestly, I mean, obviously things have moved on a lot, but. I, I think they probably, yeah, them 
and all the the Daily Mail reading people would be so furious that they'd all just like immediately keel over and die, and the Mail would I have think to so. cease and, production. And I mean, we've had gay um, gay kings of England before. Obviously, they kept mm. it on the down low, but we've had we've had um, oh yeah, we've had gay kings. That's that's no secret. No. Um, In a way, so it would like, be it would be honouring our heritage. Yeah, come on, let's let's get another get another gay king out there. What are you doing, Harry? Pull your finger out. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? Getting engaged to someone that you love? How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> We're furious. Yeah, but yeah, the Daily Mail headline was all focused on the words American divorced and actress because obviously they knew they wouldn't get away with complaining about the fact that she's mixed race. Yes. Yeah. Um, what I, what I love about the hypocrisy of this and kind of what tears through their comment is that, um, it just so happens that the next King of England (laughs) was divorced. Yeah. Um, so, you know, come on guys, get with the program. And that the institution of the church of England was literally created so that, a fat, angry king could get divorced. A very fat, very angry king. Although at that time, was he He wasn't actually a fatty, was he? Yeah. He was a relatively slim young man who enjoyed his sports. Are you saying you believe the portrayal of him on the Tudors with Jonathan Rhys-Meyers? <laughs> I always believe anything that Jonathan Rhys-Meyers is in Which because is he's fantastic. Just the most hilariously overblown, like trying to make medieval times sexy show that's just hilarious like uh, yeah it's great i i love that show there's some genuinely great performances in it um so um oh what's her name the person who plays Anne Boleyn is wonderful um who was then in game of thrones uh natalie dormer natalie dormer is fantastic in that show she's really really good um, and she's one of those actresses that should be in more stuff. She stole the stole the show in Game of Thrones when she was in it. Really? Um, Is she not in it spoiler. anymore because her character's dead? Spoiler alert, she gets blown up in a big explosion and it's really shocking. She falls into the Upside Down. She does. And then well, she, she gets... She falls in love with Sean Astin. That would actually live happily be ever after. quite a cool spin-off. Yeah, I'd watch... I'd watch... <laughs> I'd watch um, as long as as long as Natalie Dormer was playing Marjorie Terrell, so it was Marjorie Terrell from Game of Thrones and Bob from Stranger Things <laughs> in this random crossover where they're just hanging out. It's a match made in heaven. Yes, I'd watch that. I think everybody would watch that. I would. Just like the union of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. But yeah. we're not getting a day off, so the whole thing can just fuck off, to be honest. Well, I was talking about this with Katie, and it's like, why why are we not getting a day off for this royal wedding? Come on. They might not be the heir to the throne, but... Like, what what is the point in having a royal family if they can't give you the odd day off? What are we paying them for? Yeah, come on, guys. <laughs> we want another bank holiday. Yeah. In fact, if I remember rightly, the, the when it was Wills and Kate's wedding, we went down to your parents' house and watched a bunch of films, um, and I think that might have been the first time I saw The Room. I think you're right, actually, yeah. We have Wills and Kate's wedding to thank for Paddy seeing the room. Yeah. I mean, I think I'd have gotten around to it eventually, but 
yeah, it was all very memorable. Whereas, <laughs> like, outside in the the street, there was probably, like, some street party going on with bunting and cake and all that kind of cliched British horse shit. And we were inside going, you're tearing me apart, Lisa! There was definitely some bunting outside. <laughs> um, I, I guarantee that. I hate bunting. Um, bunting is is bunting is an awful thing and also it's a really horrible word it is it doesn't sound nice does it no it sounds like pushing someone over yeah giving someone a bunt over well in in baseball a bunt is when you do like a little a little chip to the ball so it lands just in front of you so usually often like in softball you're not allowed to bunt but yeah it's where you like hold the bat with two hands and go bunk which usually you do it as like a sacrifice move to try and so you'll probably get out but the person on third will probably get home the coward's move that's yeah. what i call it it is coward's move it's a, it's a cuck move <laughs> cuck ball yeah it's the, it's the ultimate move in cuck ball <laughs> cuck ball is all bunts all the time <laughs> and um, underarm bowling bunts yep you don't even bowl like with your arms. You just kind of roll it down. See how far <laughs> it goes. Roll it slowly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so do you reckon that we would get a um, a a day off, a bank holiday for the announcement of a wedding in Aldovia? Is it Aldovia? That is Aldovia is the, the yes. fictitious, ver- incredibly vague. random european nation it's not even said that it's in europe is it in the film the film a christmas prince which is this week's film that we watched all the way to the end we did and i think that's testament to the quality of this movie that we we managed to make it to the end of its 90 minute runtime yeah and the interesting thing one of the interesting things about this film as well is i think this is the the closest time the shortest amount of time between a film's release and us talking about it because we do, we haven't tended to we haven't done any films where it's like one we've been to actually see in the cinema because you know we just I, usually I don't actually go to the cinema that often and the likelihood of us having both been able to see a film in the cinema is quite low but because this one was a Netflix original it came out on Netflix one day and we watched it the next day so it's only been on Netflix a couple of weeks so this is like fresh new fresh new content fresh out of yeah, the oven this is hashtag content <laughs> fresh from the netflix oven <laughs> um and and yeah it's it's a weird one because netflix their their original content can be quite hit and miss i think that's fair to say yeah but um, it's um it's it's a very it's such a good business strategy that you you almost tend to think i mean it's it's been working for them from the get go when it could have really flopped because it costs so much to produce this kind of thing and if they hadn't been making the return on say those new series of arrested development or the early things of their original content it would have been a huge flop but now it's demonstrated itself as being a good model so like spotify for instance are now doing original content in the form of their like podcasts you can only get on there and stuff like that so i think it's really set a a media trend but it's i so I, I do tend to usually think oh netflix original it's it's almost like a nintendo seal of quality almost but i haven't seen that many so maybe i'm just assuming that because the ones i have seen i've enjoyed yeah there's there's a lot of i i think the uh comparison to the nintendo seal of quality is quite true because the nintendo seal of quality really doesn't mean anything <laughs> and, <laughs> and and netflix original 
kind of doesn't mean anything because some of it is quite bad content as well. They're quite hit and miss with what they do. So for every Bojack Horseman, oh, there's, so good. there's there's something not so great. But what's interesting about A Christmas Prince is that it almost feels like it's a cheap Hallmark movie. Um, and And that's not really what Netflix has kind of been going for. No. With with its most high profile releases, it's all been quite interesting, quirky. Whereas this is an incredibly traditional TV movie. Yeah, and you you almost wonder if they were deliberately trying to make it a bit. Well, I feel like they were actually trying to make it very kind of hallmarky throwaway, because at this point, the kind of people who watch the Hallmark Channel, which becomes Christmas Twenty Four in the in the Christmas months, as well, it should. The kind of people who I think would, would watch that channel have now, I think, finally all moved on to Netflix. So they want that kind of content. They know they're going to get the figures. So they're, they're like, yeah, fuck it. Throw together this trashy movie and stick it up. And I think all, but they also know that there is, I think, a, you know, they, they know their audience very, very well. That There is a segment of people like us who are like totally hip to the fact that you can watch these kind of movies and laugh at them ironically. Yeah. Um, and I think that is also a factor in the creation of these kind of films as well. So they know that there's going to be people taking the piss out of it. But either way, it's getting watched, right? Yes, yeah, for sure. And it, and it is, it's one of those things where people are just going to watch it for the enjoyment of watching something terrible. Yeah. Um, but it's not as cynical as something like Sharknado or Mega Shark no, versus no, not Giant at all. Octopus or whatever. And as much as I, I find those kind of films hilarious, like those are much more ch- tongue-in-cheek so bad it's good. Whereas like a, a sort of hallmarky rom-com has different layers, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Um and um yeah, it's 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 got that kind of wholesome stupidity to it. The kind of film that you, the the kind of film that you watch when you've eaten your roast dinner on a Sunday, your brain is is now gone, and you just need something that occasionally makes <laughs> the endorphins in your brain go around a little bit, and and that's all that you need to ask of this film, and it provides that, doesn't it? It certainly does. Yeah, I think wholesome stupidity is the only thing I've ever wanted to to, to achieve. <laughs> Um, but yeah it does it's not yeah it's it's enjoyable to watch it's entertaining you know and there are things where you go okay that's a bit strange or that's totally trashy you know it breaks it breaks no molds at all but yeah it is it just does seem kind of left field for netflix and i think it's going to open the door and they're going to be making a bunch more trashy rom-coms which is good news for us right yeah i'm totally on board with more of these movies come on guys yeah but there are some some moments of real intrigue. So it opens with a song that has the same chords and melody and instrumentation as Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. But that is not <laughs> yeah. Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. <laughs> it, it is not Rocking Around the Christmas Tree. Um, it's, it's like they couldn't afford the real version. Like They couldn't afford to pay for the, the Shutterstock license, so they got a, a rip-off version off a cheapo, off one of those dodgy free image sites. It's like the equivalent of that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's, and, and I think that kind of set the scene for the entire film, didn't it? I think uh, I'm just going to read over because I I very rarely get emotionally involved in a movie so much so that I need to contact Paddy whilst I'm watching it. <laughs> oh yeah, but 
You were um, texting me. <laughs> I, I was texts. having a little. I was having a little text conversation with Paddy. I was watching. I, I spent one of my rare lunch breaks at work watching this movie, half of it, and watching half of it when I got home. And so I, I, the expectations were high for something to put me back in the right frame of mind. Um, but I sent Paddy a text saying, Paddy, what is this piece of shit Christmas film? I'm two minutes in and it's already awful. <laughs> You'll have to keep going. I can't look at the text because I'm doing the hangout on my phone. Um, so, uh, so I then say that opening song, mate, I have words, which we have now discussed the, 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 the fake traditional Christmas song followed by Aldovia with an exclamation mark. And I think Paddy knows this about me, but I love a movie with a made up country in it. Yeah. Um, it's something that I always look for in a film. If it's set in a made up place that's supposed to be real, particularly if it's supposed to be a real place in Eastern Europe, where they kind of play on the fact that people don't know what countries are in Eastern Europe or they don't expect people to know what countries are in Eastern Europe, that's all the better for me. Yeah. And Aldovia kind of has that ring to it. In fact, I was having a little look at the trivia of this film and the castle that they're in is actually a castle in Romania. All right. Wow. Yeah. It is, it is, um, it is, uh, Pele's castle in Romania. That's interesting because it has the look of an English country hall. Hmm. Um, it is uh, on an existing medieval route linking Transylvania and Wallachia. Um, I like to think that secretly the royal family of Aldovia are a bunch of vampires. I would, I think that would be a wonderful twist, and then it could tie into the Twilight universe. Yeah, that that would be awesome, actually. Yeah, aren't vampires originally from around that area? You know, it's yes, not too much yeah. of a stretch. Or Dracul. Yeah. That would have made this film infinitely better, actually, if there was a vampire subplot. But as we know, the 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 one thing a vampire subplot subplot is kind of a Tommy Wiseau move. <laughs> yes, maybe Prince was vampire. <laughs> was his name Prince Richard? Prince Richard, that incredibly yeah. Eastern European name, Richard. <laughs> Oh. But then, uh, so, what's the name of? Um, I was I was thinking of other ones uh, of, of of examples of this, and I think the best one is uh, in the terminal. That very saccharine Tom Hanks. Movie. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, he's from the country of Krakowia. Is he? <laughs> and he spends the entire film with this really terrible Eastern European accent. Like um, with that, like why does he need to be from a fake country? It's about him getting stuck in a terminal. Well, I think, isn't it, that his country ceases to exist by the time he lands in this flight, and that's why he can't get through. Uh, so he's stuck in the terminal. He's got no papers. So, yeah, the, the United States no longer recognises Krakosia as a sovereign nation after the outbreak of a civil war. And Victor is not permitted to either enter the country or return home as he is now stateless. Interesting. Um, it, but the thing is that that was a um, it was a real it was based on a true story wasn't it hmm. apart from the person in it was um, an Iranian refugee and they kind of just made him European I wonder why they did that hmm. I wonder why I yeah. wonder I wonder why Hollywood would do that um, but yes and, and, and you've got an equally sort of strange thing going on with the geography of a Christmas prince don't you or the the non-existent geography of it you know <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um so so there's this European country called Aldovia. 
Um, however, the royal family and all of the denizens of Aldovia are various forms of posh British people. Yeah, all of them. Um, like two. Apart a- from apart from the person who plays Santa Claus later on, like the 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 Christmas market Santa, is clearly has an American accent. <laughs> So, I mean, does that mean that Santa is... Is it the real Santa Claus and is Santa Claus American? Yeah. Um, was, was the most important question I asked over the course of this film. I think the American makers of the film were definitely like all the American children to know that Santa Claus is definitely American. He's and not some goddamn commie from Aldovia. Not a Romanian vampire. You know, maybe maybe Dracula is Santa Claus, or maybe Santa Claus is a vampire. It explains the immortality. Yeah, yeah, how, yeah. How else is he living so long? He's he's travels doing... at night. Yeah, you know those cups that like your parents leave out for him. They say it's it's sherry. It's blood. It's, it's a, blood. It's a sacrifice. Blood, blood cookies, blood carrots for the blood reindeers. Yeah, yeah, vampire reindeers. I mean, it explains why they can fly as well, because you know. Maybe maybe they're not reindeers all the time. Maybe they turn into giant vampire bats. Yeah, Rudolph's nose is red because it's covered in blood. Has a very shiny nose because he's just eaten a child who was on the naughty list. <laughs> yeah, they get more than coal. <laughs> they get eaten. <laughs> yeah, so that's our message to all the kids listening to this podcast: Don't be naughty, or not only will you get no gifts. You'll get eaten by a vampire reindeer. Yeah, like, don't fuck around, kids. Yeah. Come on, get with it. Get with the program. Um, so, so you get introduced to the country of Aldovia, and there's this mysterious, reclusive royal family. Um, well, first we get introduced to our heroine, who is, of course, yes, yeah. an American New York journalist, because all all women who are the protagonists of romantic comedies have to be beautiful blonde journalists. That's that's how it works. Beautiful blonde journalist from New York as well. Yeah, um, it's always that, always that little trifecta, um, and uh, and yeah. So she is, uh, she is sent off. She she is well. She isn't a she isn't a full blooded journalist at this point, is she? She is the editor yeah. of some terrible writer. She's a junior editor, and we're at the point now where we've had enough years of Vice and BuzzFeed and whatever that they're all like just like in blog offices now. Whereas, you know, back in the good old days of How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, she was, and your yeah, yeah, Andy Andersons, the Andy Andersons of the film world, they were writing in actual magazines, and you can make a nice title sequence out of the magazines. But you yes. can't do that anymore. You can't. It's not allowed. It's, it's a sad, broken time, Paddy. That's all I'm going to say. It is. So she gets sent out to, to Aldovia, to cover the to cover this prince's apparent return, is it? Yes. So um, there's this whole thing about the lineage of the Aldovian royal family, where they're kind of in a hiatus period, but he has to come back. This this reclusive prince, this mysterious prince, has to come back and reclaim his place as the rightful heir to the throne, and then take his father's place, who his deceased father's place. I'm like, um, would would the American media actually give a shit about this? If like that, does Romania have a royal family? Just as a point of comparison, like if a, if some Romanian prince was coming back after his father had died a year later, and maybe or maybe not claiming the throne, I honestly can't see that being that high up on BuzzFeed's agenda. 
not when there's like this much you know bullshit going on with the american news like do they care about this stuff or is it like a kind of minor celeb spotting culture that we're not aware of because we're too woke well i think they really this is clearly a um the aldovian royal family is clearly a, a replacement for the british royal family right and that's the kind of role that they play and so they would go absolutely mental and i think most of the world would go mental about if this kind of thing was happening with the british royal family so for instance if if say prince william didn't exist and it was just prince harry and he'd gone off gallivanting around as he kind of did and then came back and was going to sit at the place of the throne that would be something interesting that i think they really go mental for yeah and it totally reads Um, as the british royal family when you're watching it because the the way it's set up and the way that the people act and talk and the setting and everything it reads as the british royal family so i guess it doesn't really matter but it is yeah I don't know why they didn't just pr- just make up like fake kings and queens, or maybe there would have been some legal thing. We'd have had they to would have got do a Brexit at them or something. <laughs> you mean we would have had to commit suicide in front of them? <laughs> yeah, we'd have had to shoot ourselves in the foot whilst jumping off a cliff, shaking our fists at them angrily. That's definitely how it would have gone down. Um, In terms of, by the way, a a little quick history lesson from Rob. In terms of the Romanian royal family, um, they were around until just after the Second World War um, when Romania became a a communist nation and they got deposed. Um, uh, Romania had a pretty nasty um, communist government um, during the Cold War. Um, but yes, they did have a royal family up until that point. Um, so if there was a return to the royal family of Romania, that would be pretty interesting. Yeah. Maybe it would get more um, press coverage. Who yeah, knows? if suddenly if suddenly they came back uh, a la Anastasia, mm. uh, that, would be, that would be really cool. Yeah. I think what this film was really lacking was some kind of bat-eared rat thing. With a strange accent <laughs> to run around and freak everyone out. Oh man, that movie! That's quite a bizarre film, isn't it? It was, and it's a really weird film to have a um, to have a kids' movie made out of. Um, you often do get these weird sort of films that do get kids' films, um, and Anastasia is one of them. So, um, so for those of you who don't know, it's a Don Bluth movie um, about the mysterious. Uh, hidden last surviving child of the Russian royal family after the entire Russian royal family got fucking killed. Um, however, in this and, and in real life, it was a very horrible, gruesome event. Um, this is played for laughs and for romance um, with the voices of Meg Ryan and John Cusack in it. Um, however, the, the spanner in the works of this fake animated version of this story is that Rasputin has come back from the dead and wants to stop the hidden member of the royal family from reclaiming her rightful place as heir to the Russian throne. Um, and it's totally bonkers. Like, it is. Absolutely and the, cli- the climactic scene, rather than being some kind of, you know, really epic... Um, intriguing dialogue or some kind of reveal of her heir to the throne or whatever that kind of thing it's like an all-out like fantasy battle like an actual fight between young anastasia and the weird terrifying zombie rasputin on a bridge 
yeah, it's a it's a totally weird. It's a really weird film. I I, I find Don Bluth quite interesting. I really um, really love an American Tale. Yeah, there are no um, cats in America, and the streets are paved with cheese. <laughs> One film of his that I find incredibly underrated is that he did um, a sci-fi movie called Titan AE. Um, I've not seen which that. Was it's really it's really odd there's lots of really strange um imagery and it's a really weird universe that he creates which is very fascinating it it totally bombed it was um one of the movies that killed oh what studio was it it might have been sony animated productions i think was responsible for it um it was a total absolute commercial failure um that nobody nobody went to go and see it was fox animation Oh um, wow! It, it it destroyed Fox Animation. It had a budget of seventy five million, but only pulled back twenty two million in the states. Um, no one went to go see it. The the marketing was handled incredibly poorly. Um, but it had this huge voice cast, including like Matt Damon, Bill Pullman, um, Drew Barrymore, Ron Perlman. Wow! Um, and it's a really interesting and quite good little animated science fiction movie for the kiddies it had it had that real sort of like star wars feel to it of kind of like adventure like swashbuckling adventure in space basically um wow he's he's still around don bluth yes yeah he's making wikipedia page he is making an animated movie of dragon's lair wow which is a, a a video game he made back in the 80s but if you um, look at his his filmography it stops basically after titan ae yes wow yeah. um it that that kind of well it killed the studio <laughs> and it kind of ended his career as well um, oh, it's, the kind of the kind of all dogs go to heaven yes yeah that movie that's the, that's a weepy that is a yeah um he, he made some really interesting films from that kind of um from that kind of uh animated movie type of thing he did the the films that he created and the projects he created took a lot more risks than you might expect from those kind of films which i think is very interesting like all dogs go to heaven yeah um but um yeah and and he's making this um this uh animated version of dragon's lair now is his next big thing. I think he's kickstartering it or something like that. Um, but what's interesting is that the person who made the... Um, I don't know if you ever played Dragon's Lair or you know much about it. Uh, no. Um, but it was basically like a, a very simplistic adventure game that you played in arcades um, that was animated to look like a a real animation. Like It was like you were playing a cartoon in the days before video game technology had really caught up with it so it was released around i think it was released in the same year as like the original mario brothers for instance so so in one place you've got these really simplistic games that look like you know like nothing whatsoever just these small sprites moving around the screen and then you have this incredible looking amazing animated adventure and it was basically just like pressing a couple of buttons so like go left or go right or like press an action button to like swipe your sword and stuff like that and it was like this fantasy story um and it was like one of the one of the big hitters of the arcades of the 1980s um but the person who created the technology for it kind of went very under the radar 
um, and wasn't really thought of again in spite of the fact that they were the person responsible for making the technology and making the concept for this film in the first place so although it did quite a lot for don bluth's career the person who made the actual game itself um kind of disappeared after the creation of this and he only kind of made a couple of kind of spin-off games and that was about it which i think is very sad hmm. uh, for someone who was a very uh, a guy called rick dyer who was a real pioneer of of early gaming early arcade gaming um but yes uh this how have we gotten onto this track from a christmas prince i honestly can't remember but <laughs> if don bluth had done an animated version of this film it would have been much better than the actual film i reckon yeah i i would totally be on board with that don bluth stop doing dragon's lair the movie yeah come and come and make this with us actually we should we should get him to do an animated spin-off from sensations yes yes like, uh, animated Guy Fieri can have a talking hot dog sidekick. Yeah, some kind of um, like wackadoodle team Guy Fieri story cartoon. A bit like, um, yeah, with lots of talking food, like um, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, something like that. Yes, I'd totally be on board with that. Let's make it happen. Don, we're just an email away. You know what to yeah, do. Get on, get on board. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so so our, our our protagonist of a Christmas story is a Christmas story, a Christmas prince. Yeah, is is Amber the journalist who heads off to Aldovia, this utopia, this snowy utopia in the middle of Europe, possibly, or maybe it's just off the coast of England. Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? Um, maybe it's set in the not too distant future when um, the Isle of Wight secedes from the UK and forms a new nation called Aldovia. Um, I, I, you know, that could happen. It could happen. It could happen. Maybe that's what's happened here. The Isle um, of Wight voted overwhelmingly for Brexit, and it's very, it's very UKIPy. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they're sick of it. All of it. Maybe they're sick of experts telling them that they can't be their own nation. Come yeah. on, Isle of Wight, do it, do it. Come yeah. on, Isle of Wight, do um, it. You can do it. We believe in you. We believe in you. Come on, don't don't be a loser. Cut out. Yeah. Be your own self. Stop clinging on to the UK. You can do it. There's, the, there's loads of like industry and infrastructure in the Isle of Wight. Have you ever been? I've been. Yeah, I've only been for the festival. But, um, but for, we, for the various we used to go quite regularly when I was a kid to this sort of old house that my um, my grandmother knew some nuns who owned this house, and we used to go there for holidays. You know, the Isle of Wight. It's got nice beaches. It's got a town, and it's got a weird train line that runs along the east coast that's got like old tube train carriages from the 70s running on it so what more do you need oh, cool that is all you need it's got everything you need to form aldovia get the locals yep. to work on building a new castle set up yep. your royal family um and invite journalists to come and talk to you about it yep. so so am so amber our journalist she sets off from new york she has a little heart to heart with her dad who is one of the best gruff dads I'd say that we've had on the podcast so he's far. good dad Rudy dad Rudy yeah he's a good one we like him yeah and what's good about it is you get an emotional dad speech at the beginning and at the end you get you, you do get the you get the double double dad double dad <laughs> in fact there are a few kind of like miniature emotional dad speeches peppered throughout it like whenever the plot's going a little bit all right and she needs a bit of a pick-me-up she calls Dad Rudy, and he tells her some faux inspirational, like vaguely quotable stuff. It's great. It's great, and and you kind of get 
the dad from Beyond the Grave as well with Prince Richard, where his dad not not sort of like quoted, but his he he's kind of able to give life lessons through what other people tell him about what his dad would want and things like that. Um, so there's there's lots of good fatherly figures in this movie, which is nice to see, I think. Um, but of so, course, her so, mum's dead. Yes, her mum's dead. His dad's dead. That's why they fall in love with each other. You're never allowed to have two parents if you're the protagonist of a of a rom com. It's a, it's a rule. No, it's not allowed. It is it is a rule. So she sets off to Aldovia, um, and uh, immediately bad journalistic practices come into force. Um, I, I, I sent you a text, Paddy, saying this is a movie about ethics in royal journalism. <laughs> Actually, um, it's about ethics in royal journalism. Yeah. Um, Aldovia Gate, I think, I think was the working title of this film. Um, Hashtag and Aldovia lo- there's, Gate. There's, there's lots of angry losers in Aldovia complaining about how this American journalist has managed to win the heart of the prince and that it's all a conspiracy and all of whom are from Anita, british tabloids somehow it's anita sarkeesian's fault i think that's the thing to take away from this yeah um and uh yeah so so she decides she she's going to sneak around so she can't speak to the prince because he's not there and it's all very secretive um and so she decides to have a little sneak around the palace there's very few guards around which is quite interesting you'd have thought there'd be a few more guards around um, yeah. But she gets she gets accosted, and so she decides to say that she is the new tutor for Princess Emily, um, who is the youngest child of the deceased king and the queen, um, and who clearly has a tutor for some reason, even though she's clearly a very very intelligent kid. Yeah, she's a, and we're introduced to her very shortly, and she's an angry child. She, she is, is not furious. happy. She's livid. Because for a reason that does is unbeknownst to us and that does not really serve the plot, she's got spina bifida. Just like why not? <laughs> she does have spina bifida. Um, yeah, and it's kind of there just for this sympathy thing. Um, and yeah, it's <laughs> it's amazing. Um, there's this one wonderful line where she says to Amber, our protagonist, she sort of turns around and says, "It's called spina bifida." And there is no cure, and it's like that—that—that's exactly what I want out of my romantic comedy Christmas movie. Yeah, um, is is a kid with spina bifida being sad about having spina bifida? And there um, is that's no exactly, cure. yeah, that's exactly what I want to know. She might as well have turned around and gone, "God bless us, everyone." <laughs> Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's really sad. And it's like, oh, why? Why did you have to give this kid spina bifida in your shitty Hallmark s Christmas movie? It really does not nothing have... for the plot. Like, I was really hoping it would it would go somewhere that it would be it become a kind of a some kind of plot point. But it really wasn't. Like, if she just had to take care of this kid who is a bit livid and a bit angry that her dad was dead and whatever, and then they have some fun time doing some archery and then they're friends or whatever, that would have been fine on its own. But they had to yeah, add that in for that extra element of kind of. Like films like that, this always came to just like to lob in a bit of cheap tragedy. That's what I mean. I meant as well when I was joking about how, of course, her mum's dead, or of course, you have to have like you can never have just have both parents. Like films always rely on cheap tragic elements like this. Yeah, yeah, and and it is incredibly cheap, and it also raises a problem in that when 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 Amber the journalist says, "Yeah, I'm the tutor." It's like okay that's pretty dodgy you're taking advantage of a kid 
that's not great but you can kind of understand it it's a royal family member so it's probably a lizard that's okay taking advantage of lizards to further your career kind of understandable however now at this point she is taking advantage of a disabled child to further her journalistic career (laughs) you're you're like hmm do i really want to be on the same side as this woman it actually Um, yeah it makes you root for her a lot less because i mean well she didn't know that the kid had spina bifida but it still makes it a lot it makes her actions actually a lot worse yes yeah and the fact that she then continues to keep the uh the lie going for a quite a long time after that you're like "Mm, i'm not too sure about this um but but like i said before though princess emily is pretty clever and basically susses that this woman is not a real tutor yeah um and sort of discovers that she's a journalist and she's like oh but i like you so i'm not going to dub you in well we can be friends i think the Um, child actress is the best actress in the whole thing actually and i recognized her from have you ever seen friday night dinner yes i have seen friday night dinner is she in that yeah you know there's an episode where will from the in-betweeners um he's like the kid is there for some reason and it turns out that he used to babysit her and she had a crush on him and it's really weird oh, and strange. That was that same girl and she was really good in that That's one of the best, that one of the best well. episodes. That's so good. Yeah. So I think that kid has a very bright future ahead of her. Yeah, no, she's 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 good in this. I think I'd say along with um, Alice Krieg, who is That's an actress mom. that I... She, she, plays she the queen. managed to do a non-British accent convincingly? Yes, yeah. Um, she, uh, Alice Krieg is from South Africa originally, and she's actually quite a good actress who's been in quite a lot of big things. Um, so sci-fi nerds among you, she was the Borg queen in uh, Star Trek First Contact. Um, here she plays a not Borg queen. I wish she was a Borg queen in this. It would have made it so much better if the shock reveal at the end was that actually she was an evil android monster. Um, I'd totally be on board with that. She's also in the Silent Hill movie, which is a secret film that I really love. I'm not sure why I love it, but I think it's probably the best uh, video game movie. Now, is that um, a film of a video game where it actually works? Yeah, it does kind of work. Um, it's really grotesque and horrible, much like Silent Hill, and it's really unnerving, much like Silent Hill. So cool. even though the plot is trash, much like Silent Hill, um, it it does work quite well, um, which is which is good to see. Yeah, um, the Mario Brothers movie excluded from the the shade I was throwing there because <laughs> it's because it's obviously the greatest film of all time, the Mario movie. Yep. Um, you know, you can get the Super Mario Brothers the movie on Blu-ray. Can you? Someone thought that enough people would want to buy that movie on Blu-ray that they'd do it. I'd be very um, intrigued to see the sales figures. <laughs> yes, I, I secretly love the Super Mario Brothers movie. Um, yeah, I'm kind of they're they're now making an animated movie based on Super Mario Brothers, and I'm quite sad because I would have liked it if the only uh, film legacy of Super Mario Brothers was the Bob Hoskins film. That yeah, would have been phenomenal. Um, but alas, they're going to make one which is probably going to be competent which I think is very sad. What? I um, don't want that. No, exactly. Why do you want that? You want the train wreck that is um, <laughs> that is Super Mario Brothers the movie featuring Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper. Um, so yeah, so Alice Krieg has been in quite a lot of good stuff over the years. Um, so she's been in like Thor as well um, and uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice, that fun little oh, movie with right. Nicolas yeah. Cage. Nicholas Cage. I don't think I've seen that, but I've definitely seen the trailer. 
so yeah so she's she's probably the biggest name in this and i think she's really good as well so i think between them the royal family does a pretty good job of being a convincing royal family they're certainly better than wills and kate the movie yeah not not that that is (laughs) is a difficult (laughs) statement to pull off no although yeah the um the protagonist amber she's she's a sort of poundland Kristen bell isn't she yeah clumsy clumsy charming that kind of thing yeah awkward i'm i'm so awkward whoops she's not bad i think she's she deals well with a obviously a lumpen script and a, yeah a tired premise yeah for sure and i think she i i had a little look at the cast i didn't recognize her but she's in um i zombie um which i think has a as a fairly decent following i zombie oh never heard of it what is it um it's a like a zombie comedy thing um so all the zombies have iphones and they're all sexting each other yeah exactly they're all sending each other zombie dick pics um it it becomes quite grotesque because the yes the penises have all fallen off so you're just lining them up in a row (laughs) um but yeah so i've I've heard i've heard that that's got a pretty pretty decent following to it i think i zombie cool um i've not seen it myself um but it's one of those shows that i've wanted to give a go um but yeah so so she's in that um so there's a decent a decent um a decent pedigree to the cast here yeah and there's the um see you got king king richard who is i've never seen him in anything and then he's got a uh, he's got a cousin who's gonna who obviously wants the throne who i i think it's one of those things where you think someone looks like someone but other people aren't going to agree but i thought the cousin looked a bit like a young ed Miliband. I could see that. Also, also deceptive, and also shit at being deceptive. Yeah, much like Ed Miliband. He couldn't lie to I, you. I don't forgive you, Ed. I'm never going to forgive you, Ed. For what? What did he do? For 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 stabbing his brother in the back, then proving to be a completely useless candidate for the Labour Party, resulting in the Brexit vote. Yeah, this is true. Although, have you heard his new podcast with Jeff Lloyd? I have, yeah. If he showed quite... that kind of personality when he was Labour leader, maybe we would have got somewhere. Yeah, I, I agree. But I, I think he's reinventing himself now in a fun and interesting way. Yeah, um, but I'll, I'll never forgive you, Ed. Yeah, Get out. I hate you. You, 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 you ruined my life. Go and live in Aldovia. <laughs> yeah, get out. Get out to Aldovia, you <laughs> numpty. Okay, the Isle of Wight. Yes, go live on the Isle of Wight, Ed Miliband. That's where you deserve to be. Um, so, uh, so um, the guy who plays evil cousin, um, cousin, cousin Simon, cousin Simon, great name for a, a villain. Um, In he, my head, it he, was Tristan for some reason. Oh, uh, yeah, he suits he suits a Tristan actually. Um, he uh, he does a lot of voice work for video games, or at least he used to. I'm not sure whether he's now. He might have he might have gone on to bigger and better things since then, but he he was in um, Assassin's Creed three and The Witcher two and Dragon Age Origins, so he's got this quite good pedigree Ooh. of like fantasy and science fiction video those games. Are, behind those him. are big names, yeah, for sure, for sure. Particularly, yeah, The Witcher two and Dragon Age Origins were um, huge fantasy hits, um, both to do with royal families, albeit in you know more of a fantasy setting than Aldovia. I don't know if Aldovia has a dragon. Um, I hope it does. I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah, maybe it's um, maybe it's all going to tie into Game of Thrones. Yeah, that would be awesome. I'd totally, totally watch that. Maybe it would be the thing that finally pushed me to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> if, if Game of Thrones turned into a rom com, yeah, because because that's the one thing that's holding Game of Thrones back is that if if someone gets into a romantic uh, situation with somebody else you know that it's going to go horribly, horribly wrong for them. And you know that, okay, I can't stay attached to this person because they're going to die any moment. They found love. In a hopeless place. <laughs> well, Westeros is pretty hopeless. Yeah. Where, where's Rihanna? <laughs> where's Rihanna where's, when you need her? Yeah, but why is Rihanna not in Game of Thrones? Get with it, HBO. I think she'd be good at that. Yeah, I'd I'd watch her in Game of Thrones. As an angry, angry murdering queen. I assume that's what they all are. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone's angry and everyone's murdering. No, you know what I'm you know what I'm doing. I'm waiting for someone to make a a series of the Wheel of Time that goes on for the rest of our lives, and I will happily watch that. Aren't they making an adaptation of Wheel of Time? I don't know. There have been so many rumours flying around over the years that I think so many people have tried to bought the rights, tried to do it, and never managed to get it off the ground because it's so unfathomably detailed and strange and hard to pull out a good cinematic plot from it that loads of people have given up and then sold the rights onto someone else. See, I think it's now actually moving forward and they have like a showrunner and Ooh. things like that. So I think that it's genuinely happening this time. Wow. Um, which makes sense because Game of Thrones has only got one series left. Right. Um, so they're going to want something to fill that fantasy void. So if, I think if it's going to um, fill that void. Yeah. So it might flop spectacularly because it's very different in tone to Game of Thrones. Um, yeah. But at the same time, it's going to be going up against the Lord of the Rings TV series. Oh, God. Yeah. Which is happening. Um, which I'm super excited about because it's going to be like a prequel, which means they might take the Silmarillion and turn that incomprehensible book into something where you can actually understand what's going on. That I would like to see. Which I, I'd really be happy with that if they'd like, hey, look, here's the Silmarillion. It makes no sense. And it's kind of reads like reading the Bible. Let's turn this into something that people can enjoy. And, yeah. And I, and I would tell that. Sorry, Tuppence, but I, Silmarillion is, is very difficult to read. Yeah, it's 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 a bunch of incomprehensible nonsense, but it's good nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the best thing about Tolkien, isn't it? It's it's all good nonsense. Um, the the Silmarillion, yeah. Silmarillion being the most nonsense of all the nonsense. Um, yeah, full of like ancient I, uh, ancient stories and stuff like that. It's, yeah, so make that into a TV show, and I'd watch that loads. I'd, I'd like them to make the most incomprehensible, weird, and impenetrable TV show ever made as a tribute to the Silmarillion. <laughs> David Lynch's Silmarillion. <laughs> that would be cool. I'd totally... Well, you know, if he decides he doesn't want to do another series of Twin Peaks, let's give him, let's give him Silmarillion to work with. I bet he'd love it. I could go for that. Um, but yeah, so so yeah, Wheel of Time is going to get a TV show. Lots of lots of Tolkien fans are unhappy about the 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 Lord of the Rings TV show, but I'm quite excited about it. And also, like, it's a TV show. It's not going to take away from your enjoyment of the books or the movies. Just let it happen, and let those of yeah, us who aren't negative thing. It's not as much of a crime as turning the Hobbit into three. Well, films. exactly. They've gone about as far as they can in terms of making Lord of the Rings rubbish. 
So just let yeah. them go with it. If 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 you didn't mind that, then you're not going to mind a TV show. Yeah. It's like people who got really angry when Disney bought the rights to Star Wars. It's like, guys, the Star Wars prequels exist. Like the yeah. the, 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 the the Connect game where you dance as Han Solo singing "I'm Han Solo" instead of "I'm riding solo." <laughs> that exists already. There's there's no low point for Star Wars to enter at this point in time. It's already reached the lowest it can. So just let someone yeah. else take the reins and maybe you'll get something good. And lo and behold, we got some good stuff out of it. Yeah, The Force Awakens came out and they all had to eat their words. Well, apart from the racists who were furious about it. The racists and misogynists oh, yeah, yeah. were really angry. Really angry, which made it even it better is. when it was so, so successful. Yeah. Yeah, we're um, going to see it on the, the day after it comes out with our friends. We're driving down to Gloucester and we're going to dress up. So I'm trying to think of a good Star Wars costume. You'd make a good Obi-Wan. Yeah, you think? Yeah, definitely. What, is that is that because I'm a sort of haughty Zen bastard? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you've got that's how I think of him. You've got a you've got a you've got a good beard. You're wise, and I'm a fan of Alec Guinness's work. Yeah, you're wise. You don't take shit from oh. Hayden Christensen. <laughs> this is true. Oh yeah, you get who else get to be both Alec Guinness and Ewan McGregor? Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You would be excellent as uh, as both of them. So get on board. Yeah, I need to. I need to book some tickets actually. Yeah, and then the day before that, me and MJ are going to see the Disaster Artist. Oh, amazing! At the Prince Charles Cinema. Oh, what a so great no place spoilers, to see it! Because that's like two weeks after it comes out. Um, but, Tommy Wiseau yeah. dies. Spoiler alert. <laughs> He climbs, he climbs yeah. the Empire State Building and gets shot by a plane. <laughs> and then the dog dies as well. And then the dog dies, yeah. Yeah, out of sadness. <laughs> as he's falling down, he's like, oh, hi, doggy. It <laughs> was Greg Sestero killed the beast. <laughs> but how the doggy got from San Francisco to New York... Well, that's a whole other story. That, in itself. That's the prequel. That's, like ho- that's the prequel. <laughs> Homeward Bound Four. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the incredibly round, strange dog from the room that doesn't even look like it has legs. Makes its way across America. <laughs> <laughs> and then the day before that, I'm going to see the musical Hamilton. Oh, amazing! So that is going to be like just the the greatest week of my That'll life. That'll be brilliant. That'll be brilliant. Yeah, I'm off to Sorry go and see. That. I'm off to go and see the Book of Mormon on um, on Thursday, which I've seen it once before, oh, but I'm super excited about seeing it again. One of the I have not seen it, and I hear good things across the board. Possibly the funniest thing I've seen in the theatre. Yeah. Um, and I'm a big fan of um, comedy theatre shows, comedy musicals. Um, yeah, the one that I haven't seen is Avenue Q, which I hear is great. I've not seen that. No, um, but I've heard I, that's I would brilliant. very much like to see that. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, Book of Mormon is is wonderful, totally wonderful. Returning to a Christmas Prince, I just noticed that I've got a note here um, of my the, my notes because I always make notes. It says Gaston's sexy lodge. 
<laughs> is that when they were why did i write that well she follows him on the horse doesn't she and then she gets kicked off the horse and then he takes her to his his boudoir lodge oh there's a wolf attack yeah there is a wolf attack that's wolf like boys ex- it's exactly like <laughs> yeah wolf boys for life <laughs> wolf it's, boys um, for life <laughs> it's exactly like i said that like um the chihuahua character in oliver and company <laughs> Hey man, if this is torture, chain me to the wall. <laughs> Such a great film. That's a that's a great movie. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, so there is a wolf yeah, attack, isn't there? There's a wolf attack, and it's just like the one in Beauty and the Beast. It's exactly the same. Like she's out, walk, it, you know, in the grounds of the castle. She's not trying to escape. To be fair, but a there's a wolf attack, and then the handsome prince comes and saves her and takes her to a sexy lodge. Yes, and then they they have an almost kiss or do they have a kiss i think they do have a i can't remember if they have a kiss or not i think my attention wandered <laughs> it's like i don't care if they kiss or not but then they 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 add the amazing mystery element to the film so uh so they find this mysterious note don't they or something oh, yeah like buried that. under a pile of all his terrible poetry yes. um and it because of course he's a sexy poet he's a sexy well a, sexy, a sexy poet prince you know what more could you sexy like? poet prince um and um and yeah they find this mysterious note and it says some bollocks i can't remember what it is something about love and it's it's he was a, he was adopted yes yeah and and effectively what it is is that he's adopted and and our journalist uses her journalist poking at stuff skills um to get a hidden compartment opened up which includes the um adoption papers for this prince and shock horror he is not the real prince he is adopted, oh. um, so he does not have the royal bloodline. I'm not sure where the Aldovian people believe the bloodline came from. Is it like the British royal family, where we're supposed to be descended from various godlike beings and stuff like that, uh, or yeah. or lizard people, as is the real case, um, or is it just that they chose? You know how there's that there's that theory of um, that the whole world is riding on the back of a turtle, and then it's turtles all the way down. The British people believe that they're descended from the original turtle. Yes, yeah. Um, Hence the reptilian thing. Yeah, that's exactly why our royal family is reptiles and why we're okay with it. Um, but yeah, so are the. I'm, I'm not sure why the bloodline is so important in Aldovia. They never really go into the socio-economic factors of Aldovia as a place. Um, yeah, why anyone cares? Yes, why does anybody care in this? why in this nation does everybody seem to be incredibly happy is it a utopia or is it like north korea where these journalists have only been allowed into this singular place which is meant to look incredibly happy and perfect and then all of the there's, the a, poverty. there's a prime minister bloke isn't they do there? have a prime minister bloke yeah um so in that case are they a figurehead or or does the royal family have some kind of control yeah, um, it seems like all of that stuff doesn't matter at all until the very, very end of the film when it triggers a constitutional crisis and he needs to get all of the Senate House people there to agree to elect him king or whatever, which all just kind of makes no sense. On Christmas Day as well, might add. On Christmas they Day. They dragged all of yeah. these senators um, and the Queen of the Nation out on Christmas Day um, in order to get a new king sorted which i think is a bit ridiculous couldn't it wait till boxing day or the day after to go and sit in the council chamber yeah i'd be like look mate it's christmas day i'm, I'm having a roast fuck off 
<laughs> we thought it's, not tomorrow, because tomorrow's a bank holiday as well. The 27th. We get back to king shit on the 27th. And more importantly, does No one does cares it, if we don't have a ruler for two days. Doesn't the Queen have to give her speech on telly? Oh, yeah. She she missed doing her speech. Yeah, I mean... The Aldovian people... Okay, the British people, they'd be in uproar. <laughs> they would. I mean, I mean, obviously, the, the speech isn't pre-recorded several months in advance. That definitely doesn't happen. It definitely happens no. live. It's 100% live. Definitely live. Always live. Um, just like just like the Hootenanny. <laughs> just like Hootenanny, where your favourite person plays the piano and ruins other people's songs. Chris Martin. <laughs> uh, well, he ruins his own songs as well. Yeah, um, Jules Holland. I don't hate Jules Holland. I just find him hilarious. <laughs> your your opinion on the man has definitely softened. Then I remember you. Be- yeah. I, I remember our furious conversations about Jules Holland. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting soft in my old age. <laughs> oh dear. Um, but yeah. So so yeah. So she discovers that um, that the the prince is not is not a true prince. He's an adopted prince. Um, this information, because because this journalist with a wealth of experience behind her doesn't know how to lock her door or keep important documents hidden away. So um, so evil Count Simon and the evil ex-girlfriend of the prince who is in it just to become queen, um, they just walk into her room and find all this information. And they're like, oh yeah, okay, he we can now become king and queen because we can prove that prince richard is not the real prince and you can be king instead ha 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 we're so evil and all this happens while while amber is outside having a little smooch with with prince richard hence proving that kissing is bad yep he invites her he invites her to the ball and then they smooch i was about to say something crude and i stopped myself He, you can't say that and then not say it. He he invited her to his balls. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. You mean you mean the uh, the crown jewels? <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm trying to think how I can get from that into crown jewels Holland and make it seem natural, but there's no. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way. Oh dear! If only we were so close, buddy. Um, I'll get there. Yes, um, but yes. Yeah, so, uh, so they then rock up when, and and rather than sort of take him to one side and be like, "You dude, you're not going to be king. You're adopted." Um, so we're going to go ahead with this. Instead, they wait until he's at the ceremony where he accepts his position as the king, and then they shout out that they object, which I think is the most spectacular dick move you could make. They found this information in advance, and then they decided to make a scene. And over the course of the same scene, they then also reveal that Amber is not actually the tutor to the kid with spina bifida, but instead has been taking advantage of that situation as a journalist. Which goes down a lot yeah. better with the crowds than one might expect. Yeah, they're baying for her blood. They're, but but they're not as bad as you'd you'd have thought. I mean, if if um if I was in that situation just as a normal human being, not a member of the royal family, I would be absolutely furious. But they kind of get a bit shocked, and then they kind of forget about it. And by the end of the movie, 
at spoiler alert they get together in case you wondered <laughs> um what yeah sorry listeners i've just ruined a christmas prince for you um uh by the end of the movie it seems as though everybody's fine with the fact that this woman um just kind of took advantage of a of a sick child <laughs> yeah nobody really minds They're all at like all. oh well and better the- than evil count simon he was definitely going to turn us into a disney villain's lair yeah especially as yeah the the evil ex-lover woman was definitely a real kind of disney villain character Really terrible acting, but a very good evil face. And yeah. that's all you really needed. That's all you need to be a villain is a good evil face, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but doesn't the the climax happens at a ball, doesn't it? Because if, the, if there's like a Prince film, there's always going to be a climax at a ball, isn't there? Or yeah. Or like the big reveal is always at, at the prom or whatever. That kind of thing. It's always, always like that. If there's like, that's how it happens in um, going back to She's All That, for example... The 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 reveal of the of the bet is always at the prom, isn't it? And those kind of formula formulaic films. Yes, and, and um, the print how to how to lose a Christmas Prince is no exception. How to lose a guy in ten days as well, and so that function. Um, oh, and yeah. here, rather than Cinderella losing her glass slipper, uh, Cinderella is outed as a journalist with no integrity. <laughs> yeah, who exploits a disabled it child? Is. Jingle bells, jingle bells. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's really good about that scene is i think is i can't remember exactly but C- prince richard is like running out and she's chasing after him and there's these two like footmen standing either side of the um the stairs and you can see in the background that one of the footmen is trying not to laugh <laughs> <laughs> which that that tickled me quite a oh, lot that's good that is um yeah so then yeah the that's revealed and then he's gonna the people Simon is going to become king, but somehow it it can all be stopped because they find a random letter from his dad, the original king. And then they're like, the, the dad's random letter says, this guy is my son and I don't care. And they just accept that as law. So well, obviously I, a king's like random letter is the law in Aldo. Well, I think he secretly made an amendment to the constitution. I think they explained in the letter. So he has he has written it into law without telling anybody. Cool. Um, which which does bring up some very dangerous questions about the power of the royal family in Aldovia. Because mm. if they can make that kind of change, um, I'm not saying that, that new King Richard is a bad man, but what's to say that he isn't going to, for instance, kill every left-handed person in Aldovia? Maybe he goes fucking yeah. mental because he's a king with unrestricted power. Um, yeah. And the boring Prime Minister dude doesn't look like he's going to try and stop him. No. So, I mean, maybe the Prime Minister is just a figurehead. Maybe it's like McDonald Land, where you've got Mayor McCheese that doesn't hold any power, <laughs> even though he's the elected official, and Ronald McDonald is running everything behind the scenes. Um, yeah. Maybe... Uh, Aldovia would definitely suffer from a Hamburglar problem. Yes, I'm, I'm fairly certain it would. Um, but yeah, so maybe the... I mean, it does raise the question that actually the royal family in Aldovia has unlimited power behind it. Um, which is quite scary. Um, And you'd have thought... And, like, one interesting thing I thought during this film was, evil Count Simon's going to take over. Is there going to be some kind of Bolshevik uprising in Aldovia at this point? (laughs) Is King Richard going to lead a revolution to finally bring democracy to Aldovia? But they don't. Um, And instead, he becomes king. Um, Amber heads back to New York 
Um, and but then the king of Aldovia randomly turns up in the middle of New York without anybody noticing. Yeah. She's been disgraced and gone back to New York, although not arrested for all of her her terrible actions. Not in trouble. All of all of the things she did just seem to be fine because everyone's happy they've got the nice sexy king back, and that's all good. So she's back working at Dad Rudy's restaurant. You've had the emotional mum speech for the king from the queen, which is which is very good. Yes, yeah, good speech that. And then you get like a final bit of like emotional dad chat from Dad Rudy. And they're they're just it's New Year's Eve, of course, because it has because they already blew Christmas Day on randomly having the denouement happen on Christmas Day, so they couldn't use that. So they use New Year's Eve instead. And of course, the prince just shows up and stares in the window of the diner like a creep. And then she goes outside, and he proposes. Of course, he's known her for like two weeks, and of course, he proposes to her. I've only known you for two weeks, and for the entirety of those two weeks, you pretended to be an entirely different person. Marry me. Yeah, uh, just the kind of rational decision you want from a king, I mean, isn't it? <laughs> I'd like to see King it doesn't doesn't set a good example for his his future rule of Aldovia. I'd like to see King Richard of Aldovia get into a Twitter feud with Donald Trump because they're both clearly completely irrational people. Oh shit! That 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 could be the worst. Actually, that could go really really badly. Yeah, that would be uh, uh, Donald Trump launches a nuclear warhead at Aldovia after King of Aldovia calls him a cretin on Twitter. I could see that sad. happening. Hashtag, hashtag nuke sad. <laughs> um, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. I don't trust King Richard. I don't think he's got the temperament to be a ruler. Um, King Richard is very weak man. And very also, sad man. Let, let, let's, uh, let's take another relationship tip, romantic tip from this movie. Um, Guys, if you want to become romantically interested in a woman and take her out on a date, the best thing to do is turn up at her place of work unannounced and bug her while she's working. Yeah, definitely. That's the most romantic thing you can do in front of her dad as well. That's definitely the best way to win someone's affections. That's definitely the best way to put yourself forward. Dad, Dad Rudy kind of does like a thumbs up through the window, doesn't he? He does, yeah. He's like, you go, you go become queen. Yeah. Of a random European country. Yeah. Well, his his restaurant does look quite nice. I'd definitely eat there. I, I think the movie would have been better if um, Richard hadn't become king and that he just decided to go and work in a restaurant in New York. I yeah. think that would have been really cool if they'd done that instead. And he, he'd be all like, I don't yeah. need to be king of this stupid country. He can have it count Simon, you loser. He could have opened an Aldovian restaurant. All the hipsters in Brooklyn would Yeah, love exactly. It. Like, genuine Aldovian cuisine from a member of the royal family. He would have made millions. He would have made enough money to buy out Aldovia itself. Yeah. He could buy Simon and then put him in the bin. Exactly. But no, he, he thought too quickly about becoming king. And now, because of that, the entirety of Aldovia is going to get destroyed by Donald Trump. So, you know, well done. Yeah. King Richard, you loser. I hope you're happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so then it ends with fireworks, obviously. Yes, yeah, and uh, everybody's happy. Um and 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 the end. The end. So how are how are we going to rate this? 
how many children with spina bifida out of 20 <laughs> would live in your palace? <laughs> yes, would live in your palace. <laughs> how many disabled children would you exploit to get near a prince? Yeah, yes, that's perfect. How many disabled children would you exploit to get near a Christmas prince? I'm going to give it a 10 out of 20. I think that's possibly even being a bit kind. But overall, it's not awful. It's not so... But it's not so bad it's good either. It's trashy. You know, it's it's a trashy film. And you know that going into it. So you go in with low expectations. And there are bits of it that you can enjoy. Some enjoyable performances. You know, it's a light-hearted hearted bit of Netflix content farm festive nonsense. Yeah, festive nonsense is the best way to describe it. I'm going to go with a nine. Um, it's not the kind of movie... Single figures. Yeah, it's not the kind of movie that I'm intending to watch ever again. It's not the kind of bad film that I would like deliberately get out every Christmas time to watch, for instance. Um, yeah. But it is quite funny in places, unintentionally. Um, it's got that really trashy quality. I think the movie would have been in, like improved 100% if every single scene had been in soft focus. Um, and yep. it had that real sort of like 90s kitsch to it. That would have been perfect. Um, but as it stands, it's still, a, you know, it's still an enjoyably terrible Christmas movie. Completely harmless. Expect, except if you want some kind of democratic uh, system in your European nation. Um, yeah. In which case, this is just reinforcing <laughs> though that kind of fascism in your state. If you want your your made up European nation to have a functioning economy, this is not the film for you. No, 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 it is not. But yeah, you know, you're all going to have some time on your hands over the Christmas period when you want to watch a film and not really have to pay attention because you're tired and you've had too much turkey or whatever. This is that film. They knew exactly what they were going for and they achieved that aim. Yeah, this movie is... You don't need to pay attention to it. If you feel like watching something new, but at the same time that you know every single step of, this is the movie for you over this Christmas time. Yeah. It was made for you. Not for the people of Aldovia, who were horrendously exploited on set, I heard. Yeah. Although there was a note at the end saying... No Aldovians were harmed in the making of this film. But uh, but that certificate was given by the Democratic Republic of Aldovia. Um, which, yeah. you know, you can't trust. And them. it was actually it was actually made before Aldovia was recognised as a country, because before that it was what was the country Tom Hanks was from in the terminal? <laughs> Krakosia. Krakosia, yeah. yeah, it was actually Krakosia before then, so they're all technically Krakosians. Yeah, um, and and very soon after this film came out, it was split into East and West uh, Aldovia, uh, where Count, yeah. Count Simon was vengeful and took half the nation in a bloody coup. Um, so again, thank you for making light of this tragedy, Netflix, with your fluff piece yeah. about King Richard. It's pretty nasty when you think about yeah, it. Yeah, this, you know... You know, they didn't make a romantic comedy out of The Last King of Scotland, did they? Netflix, you nasty. <laughs> oh, dear. All right. So, I just have one of the bit of follow-up, which is that MJ has emailed us in again. And the house to lose a guy in 10 days notes. Excellent episode. Very pizza-heavy, he says. 
but it's reminded me that I mixed up my baseball bat and Zeitgeist TV shows. So we were talking about baseball bats. I can't remember the context, but I said I'd have a baseball bat with barbed wire on it, like Steve from Stranger Things. The baseball bat with barbed wire in it is, of course, wielded by Negan in The Walking Dead. Oh, yes. Of which I have not seen the, sh- the show, but I've read the comics. So that's how I got that one in there. Steve's baseball bat, of course, has nails sticking out of it, not barbed oh, of wire. Course. So more fool me. Negan, of course, played um, by the wonderfully handsome Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is a, a personal yeah. man crush of mine. He is a handsome slab of meat, that man. And insanely and talented. And Jay's included a picture in his email, uh, of him holding a bat towards the camera. And even then, yeah, handsome face. I'd follow him in a zombie apocalypse, for sure. He's more handsome than the comics would allow for, I think. Yes. Looking yeah. at this picture. Okay. Point number two. I don't get the hatred for Thank God for Girls. It's much misunderstood, and I live. It. I love it. I would put it in my top ten Weezer songs, and I... Re- and, and remember, I own Weezer. They are mine. <laughs> <laughs> I bought the blue album on cassette when it came out. Oh, and Ratitude kicks Hurley's bearded butt. No. No. (laughs) Hurley. Hurley is 100% the best Weezer album. (laughs) You you add all of the rest of... Hurley is... It's the A Christmas Prince of Weezer albums. (laughs) Hurley is the Citizen Kane of Weezer albums. (laughs) Um, yeah, it is. It is the greatest record of all time. Um, yeah. Whereas no, I, I don't care for either Ratitude or Hurley, but actually, Ratitude's got "Can't Stop Partying" on it, which is quite a hilarious song. I'll let you know that NME gave Hurley an eight out of ten. Did they actually? Yes, Rock Sound gave it an eight out of ten. Entertainment Weekly an A minus. New York Times gave it favourable. Um, so I think you'll find that Hurley, critical and commercial success. We're outside of the... I'm very much not on the consensus on this one. <laughs> well, especially as um friend of the podcast, Jonathan Rose, also enjoys a bit of Hurley. I feel like I'm, I'm being outgunned you, on this yeah, one. Yeah, you need to embrace the Hurley love. Much like Hurley himself yeah. deserves some loving. I'll think about it. So point number three from MJ. I also don't really get Matthew McConaughey. Apart from the dragon fighting one, I've never seen a film with him in that I've really enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) His performance in Wolf of Wall Street is is ridiculously bad, albeit in a ridiculously overrated bad film. I've never seen it. I I love Wolf of Wall Street. It's ridiculously funny. It's funny and cruel, but it's cruel in a way that you're supposed to hate the people in it. Um, yeah, because it looks like I can't tell whether it's gonna it's gonna make you hate the people or whether it's gonna glorify it. It doesn't like kind of one long episode of The Apprentice. No, it doesn't glorify it. I think a lot of people went out of it thinking that it did, and and a lot of people came out with being like, "Yeah, I really want to be like Jordan Belfort." It's like, no, that's not what you're supposed to take away from this. But that kind of happens with any any number of those movies, really. Um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, think, I really um, like it. And I, I quite like Matthew McConaughey in it. He just kind of turns up and is is ridiculous for like two scenes and then doesn't appear in it again. Yeah, I, I like him. As you know, I think MJ needs to watch Dallas Buyers Club. And what's that one where he's a, he's a space guy? 
Oh, uh, Interstellar. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but I hear that's good. And yeah, some of his earlier performances, um, Dazed and Confused. I think he, I think he's got a lot of good stuff in his catalogue. The Lincoln, The Lincoln Lawyer is a very good film. The Lincoln Lawyer. Um, that is that is worth watching. As is Killer Joe. Those are two very good films. Yeah. So yeah, and how to, how's Loser Guy in Ten Days is okay. You know, I like him as a rom com hunk. But you don't agree? It's it's no Rain of Fire though. Another no. bit of Rain of Fire. The, the dragon fighting yeah. one. Yeah. So that's that's the best McConaughey film, obviously. But yeah, I like him. But here's the, the most important thing that MJ has to say, which is number one Trash Island candidate, Morrissey. <laughs> yes! <laughs> get, get him on Trash Island. He is, he is prince of Trash Island. Yeah. They could, they could crown him a sort of Aldovian king yes. of Trash Island, yes. couldn't they? But yeah, Morrissey is an absolutely abominable twat. <laughs> and I, I genuinely find it hard to listen to the Smiths now because he has become such a massive wanker in the, the last few years. I mean, he always was, but now he's like coming out for UKIP, but also saying that he never votes and saying that KFC is worse than the Holocaust and stuff. And like, he's just, he's just a terrible bastard. Well, that's the thing. Is he now coming out as a wanker, or has he always been a wanker, but the quality of the Smith's music has kind of clouded it? Yeah, you're right. He he always was a tit, but he, you let him off because his music was good. But he hasn't done any good music in years either. So I don't remember the last time I thought a Morrissey song was good. Maybe Irish Blood, English Heart. When was that? Like yeah, that's a, 15 that's a years song. ago, something like that. Um, <laughs> it was probably about at least maybe 10 years yeah, ago. Maybe. Yeah, it must have been at least 10 years ago that. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Morrissey, you're, you're rubbish. I'm sorry. I, I always thought the Smiths, get Morrissey out, put Brett Anderson from Suede in. Ooh. Vastly superior band. And that would have been the case back in the day as well. You know, Morrissey, you're the weakest link of the Smiths. Goodbye. You're... <laughs> I'll give you a cheeky Anne Robinson wink on your way out. Yeah, absolute <laughs> bull bag. Actually, could we get Anne Robinson to be the adjudicator of Trash Island? Yeah, I reckon she'd be keen. I reckon she'd be. She's got pr- she's got prior experience. She'd, she'd be all over that. Let's get rid of these bellends and put them on a big island in the middle of the Atlantic, made out of trash. Um, so I, I've got a little bit of um, not not trivia per se, but I don't know if you checked out the director of a christmas prince i did but he has a wonderful 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 career of tv and straight to video movies um so his first big film was chairman of the board and i don't know if you know chairman of the board but it's this absolutely horrendous um carrot top movie from the 90s where he is a surfer who somehow becomes the head of this big corporation. Um, it's one of oh. it's one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen. So much so that I, I have not even heard. So of it. much so that I couldn't watch all of it. And you know how I generally watch my way through a lot of rubbish. Um, this yeah. was not one of you watched your way through a Christmas Prince. I did watch my way through a Christmas Prince, but a Christmas Prince, I I, I would put a Christmas Prince well above um, British of Madison County, for instance. <laughs> really? Yeah, I can't remember what you gave. What score I, that you was gave low? I think Madison it was. County. I think it was a seven, maybe. 
as a seven yeah. maybe yeah it's pretty i i under, i i appreciated that it was clearly a good movie for people who like that kind of movie but uh, not for me yeah. um he so he then did a movie called the pooch and the pauper which i don't, I don't know what that is um i imagine the prince and the pauper but with a dog um he then did in Sold. inspector gadget 2 dr doolittle million dollar mutts beverly hills chihuahua 2 tooth fairy 2 jingle all the way to oh dear um then a royal christmas is a royal christmas a prequel to a christmas prince it does also have another made-up country in it have we found (laughs) have we found another uh movie to potentially watch maybe not this year but next year yep we're adding that up i'm looking at i i looked up the pooch and the pauper it says disney's the pooch and the pauper Oh, really? Yeah. And there's also The Prince and the Pooch. And this has led me to a film called Digging Up the Past. And it's got like a dog, which appears to be digging up a grave. Mm. And then (laughs) Carrot Top surfing and chairman of the board. Yeah, okay. So so a, a, a royal Christmas, right? Prince Leopold, heir to the throne of Cordinia, wishes to marry his young love Emily Taylor, a humble seamstress from Philadelphia. But Leopold's mother, Queen Isadora, has other plans for her son. That's sounding pretty close to a Christmas prince. I think we need to watch this. Can we just make this Royal Christmas Month? <laughs> Royal Christmas Month. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're real, you know, we're big royalists big fans of the royal christmas theme you know we want to turn this whole month into a celebration of prince harry and his wonderful engagement let's do it all right okay i'm in and by that i mean i'm not in oh i'm sorry also uh, (laughs) this google image search a little bit further down there's a bunch of um of books where it's all like they've inserted a dog into um like famous works of literature and there's one called robin hound crusoe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'd watch that. I'd definitely watch that. Yeah, and it's got like a, a dog in a in a Robinson Crusoe costume on the cover. Why is Gulliver's Travels? Oh my god. Huckleberry dog <laughs> to not distract from Huckleberry Hound. <laughs> and then the Rip Van Winkle coloring book. Very nice. Very nice. Yeah, we'll save that for save that for another time. Yes, for sure. What what are we actually going to watch? So next, next is your is your choice. Next, we are going to move on to the ultimate Christmas movie. We're going to move on to Love Actually. <gasps> Good times. Yeah, it's a very a very special and very famous film. That yeah, we definitely we had to get around to it, didn't we? Definitely. So let's let yeah, let's not beat about a bush. Let's let's just get on with it. Get into Love Actually. Yeah. Good call. Good call. All right. Well, I better get going. I've got some stuff to do. Um, but um, as always, you can you can email us, bigboysdon'tcrypodcast at gmail.com. Send us, send us a list like MJ did this week of your, your candidates for Trash Island. We'll rank them all on a scale of one to Morrissey. <laughs> yes. And, yeah. And tweet us uh, at bigboysdon'tpod. Always love to hear from you. 
yeah please get please get in touch we want to hear from you who do you want to be on trash island do you think morrissey should yeah. be king of just trash island do you think he should be the fool of trash island oh the jester yes exactly but don't say don't say robin hound crusoe because that's not allowed no all right we'll be we'll be back in your ears next week talking about love actually bye bye bye